2 Kings, we're going there. Chapter 2, verse 11. It says, then it happened. Touch your neighbor and say, then it happened. Then it happened. You may be seated. You can go back to your seats. Then it happened. Sorry, I get, I'm a hundred. I don't know how to ease into anything. I want to be cool and put my hand in my pocket. I want to be that. But God didn't create me to be that way. Can I just tell you, you don't have to be like anybody else. You don't have to lead like anybody else if you're led by Him. Can I tell you, the sound of His voice is many waters. Your sound may not sound like your neighbor's sound. But your sound is keys. It's... Your sound is the key of David that will unlock rims of his glory. I want to talk about the field of dreams today. I want to talk about the field. Because until you're faithful in your field, you will never fulfill his destiny in your life. Until I'm faithful in my family, I cannot reach the many. I have to be faithful where he's planted me. I have to be faithful when nobody's looking. Second Kings, Second Kings 2, 2, 2, 11, which is 2. Then it happened. God told me to tell you this is a then it happened moment. Oh, y'all, come on, somebody. This is, this is not just a word. It's a prophetic word. Then it happened. Touch your neighbor and say, it's about to happen. This is not cliche. This is not something. I know we say it, but I'm telling you, I felt this in my office and in my spirit that it's about to happen for your family. This thing that you have been working for, this thing that you've been pressing for, this thing that you came here to obtain, I come to tell you because you were obedient and faithful to get here, to get in your car and to get into this place, not because this place is special, but because when two come together in his name, he said, I will be, somebody shout to your neighbor, it's going to happen. Come on, touch your neighbor, slap them high five. I feel a preach coming on that something is about to happen. Something is about to shift. Things are about to change. Old habits and haunts have lost their attractiveness last night and you're getting ready to be hooked up to something brand new if you know it's true man of God I want you to praise like you've lost your mind somebody praise God like you just stepped into a moment of happening somebody praise him like you've been waiting for this moment you couldn't wait for that to shift you couldn't wait for that to change is there anybody that's been waiting for anything that you know that those who wait upon the Lord they shall be renewed in their strength they shall mount up with wings as eagles they shall run and not grow weary they shall walk and not faint I come to tell you that you've been in a weary season but you're stepping into your warrior season you've been weary because God is transforming you into a warrior slap somebody high five and say it's going to happen it's going to happen oh 
what's going to happen as they, I wish I could read the rest, as they continued and on and talked. Isn't it awesome you've got brothers you can continue and talk to? And then it says that suddenly horses of fire, can you imagine this? Horses of fire appeared with horses, uh, uh, see, horses of chariot and horses appeared with horses of fire and separated the two of them. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. I come to tell you in this field is about to be some fire and some wind. And Elisha saw it and he cried out, My father. Somebody shout, My father. My father, the chariot of Israel and its horsemen. So he saw him no more. And he took hold of his own clothes and tore them into pieces. Can I tell you, nobody else is going to be able to do what you need to do. <laughs> You're going to have to tear some things off, and I could stay right there, and we could preach this whole thing right there. You're going to strip some stuff, and some of you have felt the stripping. God's trying to strip you so that you will willingly strip yourself of yourself. Because if you don't let go of who you used to be, you will never know who he's created you to become. And I want you to see this, that he had to, he had to rip off who he was. He, he also took up the mantle. Somebody say, he took something up. He took something off and he took something up. Hallelujah. And he took up the mantle and Elijah that had fallen from him and went back and stood by the bank of Jordan. Somebody say, it was the Jordan. Then he took the mantle, Elijah, that had fallen from him and he struck the water and said, it's not enough for you to get the mantle. How many knows when you get it, you have to use it? Uh, and so he took the mantle and he struck the waters. It was divided this way and that way. And Elisha crossed over. Somebody turn to your neighbor and say, it's a crossover season. Oh, I know you're tired from last night, but I want you to get it this morning. You're about to cross over. Come on, somebody. You're about to cross. It's your crossover season. It's, I said it's your crossover season. Nothing's going to stop it. Nothing's going to get in the way of it. I hear the Lord say there's a man that's not going to look to the right nor the left. They're not going to be pulled to the side. They're not going to be drawn back by perdition. That's not the way of these men of God that are rising up for such a time as this. I come to start a fire on the inside of you. I come to blow a wind on some dead bones some dry places and I'm looking for some men to understand that you may be stuck in the front of Jordan but the Jordan is the very place where miracles transpire. Somebody give God praise that you may have a Jordan in front of you but God's got to get you through Jordan so that he can get you on the journey into the miraculous. Turn to your neighbor and say you're in the field of dreams. You're in the field of dreams and now we see these struck the water and it was divided and 15 says, now when the sons of the prophet who were from Jericho saw him, they said, watch this, watch this. This is so cool. The spirit of Elijah rests on Elisha. You remember when Jesus went into the Jordan? Baptized? Humbly, willingly, I'm talking about Jesus, surrendered to the moment and allowed man to baptize him 
because you will never operate in authority if you do not carry humility. And Jesus was baptized when he came out of the water. The Bible says, brother sailors, that the spirit of the, of the Lord, like a dove, rested upon Jesus. And then where did Jesus go? Into the wilderness to be tested. But here's what's awesome about Jesus. He's already went through the testing. Revelation says there's a door. Can I tell you the cross is the access point? The cross is the place of surrender. Come on. The cross is, has four points on it. We're in the season on the calendar of the Jewish calendar, uh, uh, 5784, which four represents the door. In Revelation 4, it says that there is a door that is set before you. Men of God, don't let the women outdo you in accessing the door. See, we think they're the ones that's supposed to be prophetic, but I come to tell you, you're the priest of your home, and it's time for you to get prophetic, not pathetic. We've been pathetic a long time. Come on. I, we've been pathetic a long time, but I'm looking for some men who say, I'm going to rise up and speak into my atmosphere. I'm going to rise up and speak into my living room. I'm going to rise up and go to my daughter's and son's room, and I'm going to cast out the spirit of depression and suicide. I'm going to cast out the spirit of addiction. I'm looking for some men who will humble themselves and turn from their wicked ways and allow God to speak through you. Stop letting the enemy manipulate your mind and tell you that you don't have what it takes and you're just going to throw it all on off on your spouse. God didn't create you for that. I come to tell you there's power living on the inside of you just waiting to get out but is looking for your willingness to make a sound. Revelation 3, the access is in front of you. And what's awesome is it says, what did they hold on to? Philadelphia. What did they hold on to? They held on to the word. And they held on to his name. <laughs> Pastor said they had little strength. I just wonder if there's anybody in this room that you've been fought. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Like hell. I didn't come to play today. And all hell's broke loose in your life. And you feel like you don't even have the strength to go another day. And you've got the weight of the world on your shoulders. Let me just tell you, man, I'm not discrediting that you have the weight on your shoulders, that you have the responsibility to be provider of your home, that you have the responsibility and you have the status quo to be this grand old uh, father. But I come to tell you, we cannot be the father until we are crucified by the cross. And I want you to understand that you've been in a season where you feel like you have little strength. You've been in a season where you have felt like you've been beat down. You've been in a season where you wanted to quit and throw in the towel and throw in the mantle. But I come to tell even an older generation that thinks 
your seasons up. There's no expiration date on the grace that he's releasing right now. I come to tell you there's a fresh anointing coming to an old generation because we need your wisdom. But I want you to understand that there's a zeal in a young people and they're going to plow the field until mantles are cast. Somebody right now open up your mouth and take 30 seconds. If you understand that the pain that you've endured, that the struggle that you've been trying to get through and strain through was for this very moment that it's about to happen. Somebody understand that it took everything and every dollar and every ounce for you to even get into this room and some of you didn't feel like it in your physical body but you got here. So I just ask you even if it's a little breath open up your mouth and declare to the enemy I made it and it's about to happen. This thing's about to go down. What tried to take me out I'm about to pull it down. Every stronghold, every high thing that's trying to exalt itself against the knowledge of God in your life. I want you to take 30 seconds and give God a praise because you are not staying in a dry place. You are not staying in a sick place. You are not staying in a place of lack, but God has taken you somewhere. Give God, uh, give God a praise in this place if you believe it. Where is the God of Elijah? This was what was asked by Elisha. And we could say this, where is the God of Elijah? Where is the God of Elijah? My God. Let me just get down here with y'all. Where is the God of Elijah? Have you ever wondered? You heard about the glory days? When you start getting older, you start thinking about your history and the things that you've accomplished. But the problem is you accomplish them. <laughs> and where's the glory days? And, and then we start thinking about how good God used to be. And you think about Haggai. And he stood up and he said, is there anybody old around here that remembers what it used to be? And it's okay to go back in history if you're thinking about the glory of God in your life and how it changed you. I don't know about you, but I used to be one of those Pentecostal kids that fell asleep under the pew speaking in tongues. I was that kid that was slain in the Holy Ghost. And they had to carry me out to the car and lay me down to rest at night. And I'd wake up in the morning with a tongue in my spirit that the world didn't give to me and the world can never take it away. I come to tell you that this tongue that God wants to give you today it cannot be trained by man the enemy cannot get in the way of it the enemy cannot distract it it's a clear communicational system to the kingdom and I want you to understand that there's a greater that God has for you there's a greater that God has for you there's a double he had to strip himself of two in order to obtain two and I want you to understand that you're about to take two steps and God is about to impart something to you that he said he said you can do these things he said you can do the works that I did he said but he didn't stop there he said it's expedient that I go to my father because if I go to my father I can send you a mantle I can send you a helper I can send you the Holy Ghost is there anybody glad that he dropped a mantle on you when you almost lost your mind is there anybody glad that he dropped a mantle on you when the enemy said you're mental 
He dropped a mantle. I wish I had somebody right now to know that you should be in a devil's hell, but he dropped the mantle. Somebody give God praise because grace saved me, but the mantle is about to sustain me. The mantle is about to keep me. The mantle is about to take me into destiny. If you've got destiny in your eye, don't let anything distract you. Give him praise for where you're going, not where you've been. Man, I had all kinds of these cool points I wanted to say, but I don't know what's going on right now. Somebody turn to your neighbor and say, it's a field of dreams. Where I'm at is my field. Where I'm at is my field. You don't have to go to somebody else's field to get what God is about to release. And I'm not telling you you come here for the right place at the right time. But I want you to know the reason God's about to drop a mantle on you is just because you've been a faithful husband that will lay down his life like Christ laid down his life for the church. And if you're not, this mantle is about to shift you into the mindset to understand that two by two they walked into the ark and you're not in competition. You're in the mission of completion. Somebody say, I'm not going to compete with my wife anymore. I'm not going to compete with my children. If I cannot get my family saved, I don't need to be anywhere else telling anybody what God can do for me if he cannot change my marriage. If he cannot change my family, I said he's about to drop a mantle in your feet. He's about to drop mantles in some men. If you're boys, you're going to miss it. Isn't that amazing? If I'm a boy, I'm going to miss it. If I'm crying in a corner somewhere, And let me tell you something, I'm saying that because I have a tendency to cry in the corner. I'm not condemning anybody. But I come to tell you, boy season is over. Boy scouts are over. Boy scouts are over. I come to tell you, you may have learned some stuff in school, but everything you learned in the school of hard knocks is for this very divine appointment that God has placed before you. My goodness. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's in your field. It's in your field. And I... He was plowing. He was plowing when nobody was watching. I don't know if I should go here or not. See, people think they know you, but they don't know you in secret. Oh, they think they got you figured out, but they don't know where you've been. They don't know your history. They don't know your secret place. They don't know the times that you wanted to lay it down. They don't know the times you wanted to give up. They don't know the times that the enemy came so much like a chaos in your mind. And you stood up and you smiled and looked at everybody. If you want ministry without a mess, you're in the wrong place. 
because he was faithful in the dirty field. He was faithful in the mess. And I come to tell somebody if you've been in a messy season, Oh, I wish I had somebody to talk to me because I know you're lying if you're telling me you haven't been fought like hell because we are living in the last days in the last seconds in the last we're not living in the last season we're living in the last hour and all hell has an assignment after your ministry all hell has an assignment after your family all hell has an assignment after your blessing but I wish I had some blessed man that would stand up in the field and say I'm going to keep plowing till the mantle comes I'm going to keep working uh, until it starts working for me. I'm going to keep messy uh, until it turns into miracles. Uh, Somebody give God praise if you're in a messy season. No, I'm talking about that you almost quit. You didn't even almost get here. But somebody give God praise because the mess didn't take you out. The dirt didn't stop you. What they said about you didn't make you quit. It tried. Every weapon that's been formed against you tried to prosper. But there's no weapon formed against you that shall be able to prosper when you serve the God of the mantle. Somebody give God praise praise because there's some super that's getting ready to land on some natural in this building today. The mantle, the season of the mantle. Pastor Caleb, would you come and help me? Seven years? Seven years. I'm not telling you to go anywhere, by the way. Seven years. Unless God tells you to do that. Seven years, he was obedient to the one God had assigned him to serve. Before that, he was obedient to the bloodline. He was under and submitted to his authority in the field. The Bible says that he was faithful in the field for his father. And the Bible said that he had 12 yoke of oxen. And I come to tell you that seven is not haphazard. There was seven years. And I come to tell you the number 12 is not haphazard. Because God was preparing him to get in order. God was preparing him and perfecting him. The number 12 is the number of perfection. And see, you don't understand. It may look dirty like everybody else. You may have dung on your boots. Come on, somebody. You may be covered in blood and dirt and mud. You may be spit on, cursed, mocked, ridiculed. But I come to tell you, God is perfecting some stuff right now. He's perfecting. I I feel this right now. It's about to shift. And the Bible said that Elijah walked by Elisha. He was passing by Elisha. Is there anybody glad that when you got in the atmosphere of some men, you felt the presence of the Lord pass by you? Come on. Did anybody feel the presence of the Lord pass by you last night? Did anybody be changed by the blood of Jesus and the presence of Jesus? If that's you and you're not the same this morning, somebody praise him because you shouldn't be here, but you made it for another day. And the Bible says Caleb, Pastor Caleb, said he passed, he was passing by. I don't know how this worked. I, I feel like he literally threw it. Nick. I don't know if I can do that. Y'all think I can? He went by him and he threw the man. 
threw the mantle on him. And all of a sudden, when the mantle touched him, destiny was invested in him. Oh, y'all ain't hear what I'm saying? How many remember when he touched you? When he touches you, his vision gets inside you. His desires get inside you. When he touches you, old thoughts pass away. When he touches you, you don't think like you used to think. When he touches you, what seems impossible becomes possible. When he touches you, it, it is no problem to leave history in order to obtain destiny. I wish I had some. When he touches you, there's something about his touch that will make you leave your base past. There's something about his touch that will make you burn plows. There's, I know the plow worked for you in last season, but I come to tell you, you've been working in the natural. It hadn't worked yet, but it's about to work for you. God is about to put some super, come on somebody, on your natural. And here's what happened. I need you to follow me, Caleb, if you can. I want you to follow me because now Elijah is walking and he tells him, what have I done to you? You see what? God touches you, everybody will look at you and say, what in the world has happened to you? What have I done to you? Because when God touches you, there's nothing else that can satisfy you. When God touches you, this world won't do. When God touches you, your sights are on heavenly things. Somebody open up your mouth if you've ever been touched by heaven. And he followed Elijah. And he followed him to Gilgal, the place of cutting. <laughs> he followed him place after place. Bethel, the house of God, the house of bread, the place of an open heaven. So, Pastor Caleb, he followed him to Gilgal because the first step is God's got to cut flesh off of us. It's the place of the foreskin. It's the place of the cutting. Oh, that's the part of ministry that everybody wants to be signed up to. I get to get cut. Sign me up. Let me tell you something. What he's cutting off can't even compare to the pleasure that's in his presence. In his presence is the fullness of joy. And at his right hand are pleasures that are forevermore. I'm looking for somebody to understand that he cuts you to make you. He cuts cuts you up so that he can build you up. I want you to understand that you may not know who you are, but you're about to see who he's created you to be. I see men literally coming to them away from themselves in this hour. They're forgetting who they are. Which means, brother sailors, we're coming into our real identity. Mama will always try to keep you contained to what she built for you. And they do it because they love you. But a real man and woman will take the mantle to be a father and train a child 
in the way he should go. And when they are old, they won't want to be broken away. I'm not talking about earthly things. I'm talking about something that's beyond this realm. I'm ready for some men to understand that it's not about all you can figure out. It's about some stuff you're about to find out. Come on, somebody. You may not be able to figure it out, but you're about to find out that he's the God of your house. Everybody stand to your feet all over this place. You're about to find out that he's the God of your house. You're about to find out that he's the God of your finances. You're about to find out that he's the God of your ministry. And I want anybody that understands that you can look back over your past. And you did it your way, but he still had his grace on you. He still put a mantle on you. He still put a mission on you. He still put a ministry on you. Somebody give God praise because it was the mantle. Brian, it's been the mantle that's kept me. The mantle, the vision of what I could be will take me through the processes, will take me through the struggle, will take me through the, the persecution, will take me through the accusation. I want to shift this right now to a prophetic thing. Come on, lift your hands all over this place. I wanted it to be a praise moment, but I hear the Lord say, I need their hearts positioned in surrender. Because he cannot drop his power until we are in the posture of surrender. God is about to do something brand new. Brand new. Brand new. Caleb, he wore the mantle in that moment. There became a moment where he had to follow the mantle that he wore. The mantle that touched him, he had to walk behind him. Oh, I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided. To follow Jesus, I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. The cross before me. <laughs> The world behind me. Sing, man. Come on. The yeah. The world behind me. The cross before me. My God. Cross led. Cross-led, cross-led. And if I'm following the cross, the world will eventually. Oh, y'all ain't hear what I'm saying. That's a new twist. The cross before me, the world behind me. The earth is groaning for the revealing. 
Anybody want to be his son? Throw your hands up and say, Daddy, I surrender. I surrender all. My God. I surrender my talents, my achievements, all to thee, my blessed Savior. I surrender Come on, just pray in the Holy Spirit. Pray in the Holy Spirit. There's a surge coming through this surrender right now. Come on, there's a surge coming through this posture of surrender right now. I want you to open yourself like you haven't opened yourself in years. Begin to open yourself because in this season of divine opening, you've got to open your heart. You've got to open your posture. You've got to open your heart. You've got to open your hands and to surrender. If you want the fire, if you want the wind, if you want the dove, you've got to show the Father that you're surrendered. Well, I don't have to do it before men. That's true. But what greater place to do it? Come on, somebody.